What Are You Made Of? It's Mike C-Rock. Welcome to What Are You Made Of? Every episode of this podcast is centered around building ourselves and the people in our lives to reach our full potential. I hope that the experiences and stories of success from these conversations can give you rocket fuel to reach new heights and help you answer the question, What Are You Made Of? What Are You Made Of? I want to remind you that the Rocket Fuel book is available at MikeCRock.com forward slash book. That's MikeCROC.com forward slash book. Go get yourself a copy. And subscribe to the What Are You Made Of podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or your favorite podcast platform. If you like watching these, it's available on YouTube at my channel, Mike C-Rock Scirocco. Now, enjoy the show. Welcome back to another episode of What Are You Made Of with your boy, you're unstoppable, Mike C-Rock. I'm here today with Michelle Hext, who's a high-ticket coach, mentor, and strategist with close to 30 years of experience in coaching and close to 20 years online. By the way, you know, I just said those numbers and I don't believe them because I'm looking at her. And I don't know if you guys are watching, <laughs> you'll see there's no way 30 years. But anyway, I digress. Uh, uh, she's known for delivering big results fast on repeat. As a CEO of the Luxpreneur, Luxpreneur, she helps coaches who know they were meant for bigger things to close more high-ticket deals and explode their sales. They want the freedom, lifestyle, a level of influence and impact online. And she can get them there. This is Michelle Hacks. Welcome to the show. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. I sound so much more impressive when other people introduce me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, like I've done probably not my show, but other people's three, four hundred episodes of uh, uh, interviews. And every time I li- like I listen, I'll just sit back and. <laughs> so no, it's great to have you here, Michelle. And I, I have a tradition here with this show, the namesake of it. We always start it with the question: What are you made of? Yeah, like probably many entrepreneurs, I'm made up of a whole bunch of failing forward, martial arts, and just, yeah, a lot of experience over the years, overcoming a lot of obstacles in my early life. And yeah, just, I guess I've always just looked at where I'm at right now and asked myself, what are my opportunities here, right here, right now? If I was to start again right here, right now, I've asked myself that question many times, you know, what would I do? And so I'm made up of what am I made of? Yeah. Overcoming adversity, lots of good questions and many years of experience. All right. Well, now, since you said that, I'm not going to let you get away with the generality. So let's go into some of the yeah. things like be a good storyteller here. Take me back as far back as you want to when you're diapers crawling, whatever you want. But yeah, give, yeah. give me some, give me some, give me some, you know, some tidbits. Okay. Awesome. So I guess I'll give you the life stuff, right? Because, you know, what are you made of is, as you say, it's all about what you're made of. And so my early years were pretty rough. You know, I'm 53 on my next birthday, which is two months away. So I've been on the planet quite a while. Yes, I do some injectables and I have good genes. So I know yeah, I look younger than my good, age. Something. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, you know, lots of years of martial arts training and healthy living and all that. But yeah, so my early years were, you know, they were challenging. There was domestic violence. There was sexual abuse. There was poverty. There was things like that. And so it was, you know, it was rough growing up as a little child. And I was the oldest, very protective of my younger siblings, you know, making sure that they were okay and things like that. And so that was kind of the early stage. And I, I think from very early on, I made the decision that I wasn't very smart, you know, because I couldn't concentrate in school because of all this stuff going on. And I drew this, this conclusion that I wasn't very smart. And so for a lot of years, I had a bit of a chip on my shoulder about not being smart. And I wanted to go out of my way to prove that I was smart. So I went back to school and things like that. But 
Long story short, I left school when I was 14. Um, my, my parents told me they weren't sending me back because they weren't spending money on school when I wasn't doing any good anyway, which was a bit sucky. But, you know, so that was that. I moved out of home when I was 16 and I've been on my own ever since. So everything that I've done has been experience-based and self-taught. So one of the very first things that I did when I realized that, you know, it's basically up to me here. What I want my life to be about is going to be up to me. And so one of the first things that I did was I went to the US on my own. I was 20 and I was working jobs in hospitality. I saved as much money as I could. I was supposed to go with a girlfriend and uh, she didn't make the money. And I'm like, well, I'm going. And so at 20 years of age on my own, I went, I came to your country for three months and I saw 20 states and I met lots of people. And this was in 1989, mind you. So there was no internet. There was no calling back home unless you wanted to take out a mortgage to use an actual telephone back then. So I did that and I came back and actually when I was over there, one of the things that I fell in love with was the parks. I I did a lot of camping in parks and things like that. And I thought, that's what I'm going to do when I get home. I'm going to be a park ranger. So I got back (laughs) home, went back to school and then in amongst it all, I thought, you know what? Well, I think one of the coolest jobs in this thing is firebombing, like being a pilot and firebombing. So I went and got my pilot's license and I was on this journey of becoming a park ranger wearing car keys all the time and like building fences and stuff like that. And then I found martial arts when I was 22 and I just fell in love with it. And within 12 months, I had my black belt. I'd competed and won at state and national level a couple of times. And then I went on to own martial arts schools. And that is where I gained everything in my life, I think, you know, the discipline, the confidence in myself, the belt system, the grading system that we, I trained in back then was almost built for me. It was like every three months we have a grading. And I know that if I do these things on my list of things that I need to get right, then I will be able to achieve it. And so every quarter, you know, I just had this desire to be, you know, to just nail it every time. And I wasn't necessarily, I wasn't ever focused on the black belt, but I was so good and so committed that I was double grading a lot of the time. So instead of doing one grading, they would double grade me. They would take me to our Korean instructor and I would grade in front of him, in front of all the other black belts because they needed to. What what part of martial, uh, martial arts, like what style? Yeah, Taekwondo. So Olympic taekwondo. style, Olympic style Taekwondo. Okay, got it. Um, so got it. Sport style. But I was, you know, I, I was very lucky. I had Korean martial arts instructors and things like that. Anyway, so I went through the the martial arts phase, and yeah, I have my fifth degree black belt. I've been inducted into the Australasian Hall of Fame and and things like that. So it's still a big part of my life. I'm still training. You know, I will get my next belt at some point. I've had a few hip surgeries, so it's been a little bit interrupted, but. You know, I owned martial arts schools for a lot of years and I wrote a book about that and things like that. So that's a big part of my life. And so while I was going through this, I I also, I was married at the time, found out he wasn't a great person, separated. I already had a little boy and discovered I was pregnant. So I had a baby on my own, basically, (laughs) and a toddler. And I lived two hours from my family and I had this martial arts school and that was my family, you know. So a week after I gave birth, I was back on the mat teaching classes and doing what I had to do just to make a living essentially because there was no financial support from my ex or anything like that. And so those years were 
you know, they, they were really challenging, but they made me, you know. And then I moved into coaching from there. And it's a cool story. At one point, I had my martial arts school on one side of the street and my coaching offices on the other side of the street. So I would go from, you know, teaching classes and, and or coaching usually to teaching classes and things like that. And I did that for many years until I sold my last Taekwondo school in about 2014 and went all in on the, the coaching. And um, yeah, there's plenty of other things in between, but I think you get so, to do Well, how did you get into coaching? Like, what was your first you know, thought, I guess, to be a coach? And then do you remember your first client? Oh, I do. I do. So I, at the time, I, I did my personal training qualifications as well. I wanted to add another string to my bow. And personal training back then was only just a thing. Only Hollywood people had it. Yeah. So I was doing that. I did that. And then this thing called coaching was on my radar. And I'm like, oh, this is what I do with people. This makes sense to me. So I did my qualifications in about 1999 with a company called Results Coaching Systems. David Rock was the founder of that. He's incredible. He's not running it anymore, but very much into neuroscience and all the rest of it. He was incredible. And so that's what got me into coaching. My first client, my first paid client was my mum. And that was very interesting because she wow. lived two hours away. She would drive, and we'd had a very conflicted relationship all through my teenage years and all the rest of it. So she would drive two hours, she would come and sit in the chair, and I coached her like she was a, a client. And I really had to practice the poker face, you know, and she respected me as a coach. And I respected her as a client and she shared things with me that I'd never heard, but I had to hear them as a coach. Wow, and that's, um, that's, that's a little scary, man. I don't know if I'd want to do that. <laughs> and, to get, I, and to get past the, get past the part of uh, accepting payment or charging your mom, you know, like that's- oh, I've that, never had a problem with accepting payment. <laughs> like, I, no, honestly, I know that when people invest, that's when they value. But well, honestly, she still talks 30 years later about- or 20 odd years later about the things that we spoke about and how the tools that I gave her helped her. So that was pretty incredible. And then another guy, like my next paid client, um, was a guy who was an aerial photographer. And he also, like he was a lovely guy, but he came to me and he didn't know how to read or write. You know, he'd made this incredible business, but he'd never learned to read and write. And so I coached him to go and learn how to do that. And so he learned to read and write you know, amongst his other business goals and all the rest of it. So that was really fulfilling. So that was my first two anyway. And then now, like, are you only coaching coaches? Yeah. And- so I work with, um, yeah, coaches and, and industry experts. So people who have been really successful in a field and then they want to start to coach in that space. You know what gotcha. I mean? Like a yeah, yeah. interesting song. So industry experts. So yeah, I work, I work with coaches and those who want to become coaches. And so what's the key? Let's go through a few steps. For someone that is an expert, coach, consultant, trainer, uh, because these are people that I'm targeting too for another reason, totally different reason, which I'll explain to you in a second. Let's go back to like, what are some of the things you start to work with them? What is the framework, I guess, to, so to speak, for them to close more high ticket deals? Yeah. So the first thing is unaware of the mountain of value that they're sitting on and their worth. Because typically, and you would know this, right? When you're innately good at something because you've been doing it for so long and it's second nature. We don't always value it the same way that people that don't know how to do it value it. So I have to get them crystal clear on their value, make sure that they know that 
while this thing feels easy to you, this is not something that other people can do. That's yeah, why yeah, yeah. people are always picking your brain and all the rest of it. So we, and, we and okay. not to cut you off, but on that topic, when I was writing my book, Rocket Fuel, I went through with the editor and, you know, when you write a book, you got to read like so many times over and over again. Yeah. I got so sick of it, but yeah. I was also thinking to myself, like, ah, oh, this isn't good. Like, <laughs> everybody knows this stuff. Yes. You know? And I realized that, no, they don't. They really don't. And the people that do know it, great. It's a good refresher for them. But like same thing you're talking about right there. I went through that same thing when I was writing my book. Yeah. Yeah. I think everybody does. Right. And so the first thing is I just help them really get their head around that. Because one thing I believe is that confident coaches are the ones that become successful. If you're unsure of your value, if you're a bit cloudy around you know, what it is that you do and what makes you unique, then it's really hard to be confident. How many times have you heard a coach say, well, for me, I hear it a lot where they will say to me, you know, I'm really good at selling other people's stuff, but when I'm selling myself, you know, I get all weirded out about it. And I'm like, well, you're not selling yourself. You're selling a result. You're selling an outcome. And so I help them to figure out what is that outcome? Because, you know, I could just say, get over it and feel good about selling yourself, right? But human nature is what it is. So instead, I help them get really clear on this is your value proposition. This is the outcome that you're delivering. What is the value? If somebody gets this result, what is the value in that? And then they're able to really see, oh, yeah, I know that if I can help people do this, then it's going to enable them to do all these different things or make this much money or whatever it is. And so for me, we spend a bit of time in that space because that's the most important thing. That's the foundation. Because if we say, oh, yeah, I'm trying to think of an example. People tend to want to make things more fancy, right? I'm trying to think of, yeah. So an example is um, a VA, you know, a VA client Mm -hmm, who came mm -hmm. along and she wanted to hire people under her. And I'm like, that's not a great business model. If you want to have a life, let's create a success academy where you teach people to become VAs and help them package and price and niche and all that sort of stuff. And she's like, that's amazing. And then she's like, and then we can do this. And then I can do this. And then I can bring these other people in to do this. And I'm like, no, 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 no. (laughs) Simple. What is the simplest way we can do this? The most unencumbered way that you can do this? Because simple is fast, right? Simple is smooth and smooth is fast. And so I strip away a lot of the things that they're trying to add because they're overcompensating for you know what they're what they're taking for granted. So that's the first thing. We spend a bit of time there. I want to make sure they're they're bulletproof. They're absolutely yeah. bulletproof in their Makes confidence. Sense. Yeah. So we we get the offer right. We get the what is this? What is their wheelhouse? What is their sweet spot? We create an outcome results based offer from there. I work mostly in the business space, so that's good. That's easy to do, right? So for example, if somebody says, you know, well, if I work with salon owners, I can help them easily add another six figures to their bottom line by doing this one thing. And I'm like, awesome. That's the promise. Can you do that on repeat? Yeah, yeah. That's easy for me to do. Awesome. That's the promise. And they sometimes think it's not enough, right? It's like, that is enough. We're going to start with what you have right now. At some point, you'll be helping them you know, add seven figures. Then we can talk about it. But for now, Six figures is fine, you know? Yeah, and then stick we, with that one thing. That, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And we just strip it back, simplify it. And then I show them how to teach it in a way that, you know, they don't feel I've got this little formula for, for calls and, and meetings and it works really well. But it's not about going in there and saying, buy my stuff. You know, it's not about that. It's about having a conversation. It's about building relationships. It's listening and drawing the potential client out and figuring out what do they really need? 
and also being able to make the decision at the same time. You know, for me, it's like, is this someone I can help? And are they going to have an outstanding outcome? Because if they're not, I don't want to work with them. No, you don't want to set yourself up for failure, for sure. Yeah. I wanted to take a quick break here to remind you that my book, Rocket Fuel, is available for sale now at MikeCROC.com forward slash book. That's MikeCROC.com forward slash book. Go get a copy and share it with your friends and family. It will change lives, guys. I will not let you down. Now back to the show. How do you handle the initial part a lot of for new coaches as well is uh, getting out of obscurity and the marketing side of things and actually getting in front of enough people for them like prospects? Yeah. So one of the things that we do is we leverage other people's audiences. So we, we go on other people's podcasts and have interviews. So that's one thing. In the early days, you know, for me, I'm going back to like the 90s. For me, it was always about PR. So I was very much about, you know, creating a list of journalists, writing articles and submitting them. And I got my exposure that way, which worked really, really well for me. It's still the same today. What is typically does not work, and I would love it if it did work because it worked years ago, you know, 2015 or 16, I decided I was going to live stream every day and my business blew up. It blew up. And, you know, I've been riding that wave ever since. It was amazing. But last year I had a bit of a play and I thought, people are home. I'm going to do the live stream thing again. The numbers are down, right? It's not like it was before. Mm -hmm. And so for me, the hardest, fastest way to be able to come out of obscurity is to invest. (laughs) Like you can do the hustle and put yourself, you know, in the position of other people. So if you don't have the money, that's fine. Be your own press agent. Figure out, you know, what is the process for becoming, you know, my own public relations expert. And then there's always the ability to invest in traffic. You know, I, I don't rely on people finding me. I make sure people see me. Yeah, and that's yeah. through making sure I've got ads running and things like that. And so I feel like a lot of people are, are, are too passive. One, they feel like they're not ready yet or they wait, you know, they're, they're comparing themselves to other people before they put themselves forward. And they feel like, you know, when I have a little bit more experience or when I do this or when I do that, that's when I'm going to start showing up more. But they're not even really clear about what showing up means, you know, or, or why are they showing up? Like, what is it they, they want out of the process of showing up? And so I would just, advice would be get really clear on what do you want to be known for? What do you stand for? What do you want to become known for? Start talking about it. Practice it now, even when you don't have an audience. If I take you back to 2010 and show you some of my YouTube videos, man, like it's, <laughs> I leave them there because it's hilarious, but yeah, it's yeah. so bad. But I'm better now because I practiced back then, you know? And then when your money comes in, invest in the things that you need. If you're not clear on what it is that you're selling, what you stand for, you know, who your audience are, if you're not clear on all those things, do that first. Mm-hmm. Because otherwise the message is very murky then get clear about what your messaging is and then start sharing it. And then get if you really don't loud, have them- right? Just get loud. Yeah. yeah. Loud. Yeah. And you know, the, the internet can be, I've been online for a long time. My first online business was early 2000s. It was an online fitness business and I've had nothing but love. I've got one handful of bad stories of people just being dicks. Sorry if I can't <laughs> yeah, swear yeah, on yeah, it, yeah. you know, but yeah, the rest of the I don't know if you time, can swear or not. I mean, I, I don't care about it, but- 
Okay, awesome. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, and so I've got, I've got a really small handful of examples of that and the rest has all been really, really good. But people do have this fear of, you know, what if I get the haters or whatever? And I'm like, well, haters don't pay your rent, you know. Mm-hmm. Haters don't pay the mortgage. So you just got to go out there and do it and remind yourself that it's actually your job. You know, part of your job is to go out there and you're the spokesperson of your organization, your company, your solopreneur business. So you have to be the person that is, you know, doing their job, getting out there, pushing the brand, being out there and letting people know that you're here. You know, the coaching that you do is this much of your business. This much of it is business is is marketing, you know, and, yeah. and the people that know how to market and know how to be visible and know how to get out there and just do that stuff are the ones that will succeed. You know, yeah. everybody has examples, right, of the, yep. the coach that they secretly think is a bit crap, but they're really successful, right? And, you know, like, why are people, like, why are people thinking this person's any good? And it's because they're, like, beating their drum. And best, known, best known wins over the best company. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. And then, so you, you were good at marketing, obviously. Yeah. I mean, it was just self-taught. And, and I think for me... I've just gone through this, this phase. I'm, I'm launching a, my high ticket coaching institute, which is a business type coach. Yeah, talk about that. Yeah, promote that. Yeah, yeah promote I will. Um, and I'll come back to that. But, but one of the promises that I made myself is like the marketing that I'm looking at now, it's like I want people to be in awe of this product because of the quality, the, the words that are running through my brand and my mind when I talk about it is quality and investment. So people are going to know that this is going to require an investment. It's not a you to me $200 life coaching course. This is a, a business coaching academy. And so when I am marketing it, it's plain speak. Like my brand used to be pink and aimed at women and, and all the rest of it. And it still is to some point. And I, I don't, you know, I love it. But with the Coaching Institute, it's gray, it's black, it's white. I'm going bare bones. I'm stripping it back. Everything is plain speak. There is no smoke and mirrors. There's no selling the lifestyle. You know, I mean, even though I'm I'm very transparent and I don't lie in my marketing, but I want to be more plain speaking. I want to yeah, be, yeah. you know, what Love do I want to say? What do I want them to do? And mm-hmm. so instead of saying, you know, starting out with the goddamn hero's journey and the taking them on a journey, it's like, hey, I've got this product. If this is you, you might want to have a look at this. It's like, just be open and honest and transparent about it. Do you market first? And then once you see and try it out and then go build it? Because why build it if you don't get a bunch of interest? No, I'm very gut driven. I trust my instincts and I know the world needs this. I know I have an audience capacity to, you know, have a reasonably good launch the first time around. It's very untested but I don't care. <laughs> you know, yeah, I have- wrong, is there anything wrong with that though? Like, is there anything wrong with starting a marketing campaign and really pushing it out there? And then once you see the response, then put the time in to build it? I don't think there's anything wrong with it. I definitely start talking about it before I've actually physically started to build out the modules and things like that, if that's yeah. what you mean. Yeah, I don't yeah, go yeah, and yeah. create like 12 months worth of content, build it and then go yeah. market it. No. Because yeah. um, a lot but- of the coaches that you probably work with, get stuck in planning and building and this and that, and they never get around to selling or marketing their product. And then when they're done, they don't know how to sell a market. And then they got all this time invested and then they can't sell it. So yeah, that's what I was talking about. Yeah. So for me, it's 
you know, and remember, I've got 30 years of experience of this. You know, I know what the market needs. I know what people are dealing with. I'm speaking with coaches and industry experts all the time. And this is really just an extension of the work that I've been doing. I, I was running a, a six-month mentorship for a long time, and I love it. But I realize I want to catch these people before they do the coaching training because it's, this is going to be controversial, but so much coaching training like renders once smart people useless. You know, they're, they're trying to follow a framework that just doesn't fit. And then they feel like they're really crap coaches when they're not. They were good at what they were doing to start with. It's just they're trying to make it fit somebody's accreditation. And so for me, this coaching institute is like I, I resisted this for a while because it's a bit like it's a very big grown-up product. And I, you know, but I'm loving it. And so it's a hybrid program. It's part coaching skills, but those coaching skills are going to be built off of drawing out what is already within the coach. So it's not like here's how we do things. You've got to follow this thing. So it's there's structure and there's a, a framework there, but it's very much about getting them to tap into like what makes them special and what makes them a good coach. So there's coaching skills, you know, how to navigate tricky conversations, how to move people forward, all that stuff. It's also business and marketing school, part personal development because coaches need self-awareness. You know, they yeah, need to be definitely. doing that work. And then it's also part mastermind. It's, you know, it's not a cheap product. So we're going to have a group of high-level individuals who are industry success stories, who are people that have been coaching for a little while, and they're like, yeah, this model is not working for me. I'm ready to move into the high-ticket space. So it's, yeah, for coaches that have already done coaching training and for industry experts. And so over 12 months, they're going to be, there's, they're, I'm creating like a short track as well, so that if they want to get in there and start making money, they can do that. That's my specialty but I want them to be patient. I want them to take time to get this right and build a quality yeah. product. And so it takes them from one high ticket offer to a scaled version of whatever that is. So in my case, it's the High Ticket Coaching Institute. For others, it might be, you know, I've got a, a past client who has a lash extension salon owner academy. So she teaches sell, you know, things yeah. like that. So we scale in that way as well within that 12 months. Okay. So how can people get in touch with you for this or, or find the information? Yeah. So I think the best place, I'm on Insta. So I'm Michelle Hext or at Michelle Hext. The, my main website is michellehext.com. And I also have the highticketcoachinginstitute.com. Oh man, Yay. you got that domain. That's awesome. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. I've had it. I keep looking up there. I've had the domain for maybe two years. And I have the branding sitting up there and every month for 18 months, it's like, it's time, it's time. And I'm like, it's not time yet. It's not time. And <laughs> now it's time. So take action, launching. take action. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, guys, go, go visit Michelle Hext at michellehext.com, right? Yes. Yep, that's it, michellehext.com because I can see it in the Zoom window. Yeah, so go check her out. Let her know that you heard her here on the What Are You Made Of show. If you're watching, man, hit like, put a comment on the YouTube channel, Mike C-Rock, Scirocco. If you want to go check it out on YouTube and watch these, you can watch them there on the YouTube channel. But keep coming back. Keep telling friends and family about this podcast because I'm bringing great guests to you like Michelle that are unstoppable. And until you hear us next time, I want you all to be unstoppable. Michelle, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for listening, everybody. All right. All right, guys, keep going, doing big things, play a bigger game, and now go check out Blueprinted, blueprinted.com forward slash VIP. You could be the next creator to tell people how you did something. And if you're looking for how to achieve something, blueprinted.com is coming soon. 
Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of What Are You Made Of? Be sure to check my website out at themikecrock.com, themikecrock with no K.com, and let us know how we can help you or your business reach its full potential. Feel free to leave a review or follow me on social media, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and YouTube at Mike C-Rock Scirocco. Again, thank you for joining me and see you guys on the next episode. I want to remind you that the Rocket Fuel book is available at my website, MikeCRock.com forward slash book. That's MikeCROC.com forward slash book. Go get yourself a copy. Thank you so much for your support and your listenership. It means the world to me.